There is no guarantee for success, but there are ways to get closer to it when you do the right things. Who you surround yourself with is just as important as what you do. Finding the right people, the right classes, the right activities, and taking the right tests are all decisions that shape your future. Find out more today on Destination University with Dr. Cynthia Colon. Dr. Colon and her guests will give you the tips you need, whether you're a student, parent, or educator. Now, here is your host, Dr. Cynthia Colon. Oh, welcome to Season 9, our weekly Wednesday sessions. This year, I'm calling them Better We Wednesdays. I'm interviewing former parents, college admission folks, educators, everyone around that can offer key tips and strategies on how to become a better parent, a better teacher, counselor, mentor, student, and they're sharing their own story. Whether your college-bound teen is in middle school or high school, you will find valuable information or what I call golden nuggets to apply immediately. Thanks for joining us today. Remember to grab your beverage of choice and a pen and paper. You are in for a treat today. Well, hello, Darren. Welcome to the show. Hey, Cynthia. How are you? Good, good. I've been dying to spend, have a reason to spend some time with you, first first of all. It's been a hot minute since we've seen each other, but um, I I think that everybody should just know a little bit about who you are and, oh my gosh, so long ago, you've had so much experience. So share a little about you and your book, because we're going to get into it in just a second. Good deal. Good deal. Um, Darren Early. Um, and and since 2016, I've been Dr. Darren Early. So that when 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 we were together, I wasn't Dr. Darren oh Early. Oh my gosh, years, that's right. Principal. So yeah, so that's been that's been exciting. But um 30 year 30 plus year educator have um worked closely with public schools, private schools, parochial schools. Um, I was I kind of cut my teeth in LAUSD. Um, I think I started there, I must have been like 22 years old at Horseman Junior High School. And so I was teaching math and science on 71st and St. Andrews in LA, right? So, <laughs> so I was at Horseman, then I went to my alma mater, Westchester High School, I taught there, bounced around LAUSD, did a lot of different things, and then um, took a break from the district. And then uh, during that break, that's when I started thinking in terms of other things that I could be doing, because as I was as I was an assistant principal at at Henry Clay, which is another school, near where I grew up, what I realized is that I was over disciplined, right? And so so all the discipline kind of came to my office. And what I realized is that it was this mentality a lot of the children had. It wasn't that they couldn't do right, they wouldn't do right. And, wow. and, and so for me, it was like, what is how do we kind of get them from from want do from won't do to want to do? And wow. so when I say right, I mean academically, I mean social emotionally, I mean um from from a discipline and behavior standpoint. And really, you know, you, you say, well, gosh, is it the kids? Is it the system? Is it the timing? What is it? And so that always was something that just kind of amazed me. Like, how do you how do you square this circle, right? Yeah. So long story short, I um began to develop some programs and and at that back back then we called them character education programs. You know, we didn't call them social emotional learning programs. We didn't call them, you know, whatever they're being called now, whatever the, the, the soup of the day is, but we called them character education programs. But I had a friend of mine who also was doing some of the similar work and he invited me to a workshop, right? 
and it was it was a college speaking work college speaking boot camp workshop right so i was like okay maybe i can just take this show on the road get out there have these conversations with these young adults just in terms of their character in terms of leadership in terms of you know academic achievement community service healthy relationships you know and at that point it wasn't so much social media responsibility but that kind of that the book kind of morphed in that but then also the key piece was this piece about identity right and so it's wild. So I'm I'm at this workshop and this guy's name is James Malinchek, right? And so James Malinchek, he's kind of talking about all these different things and he's known as the number one college speaker, right? And so he's talking, but as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, okay, there's a lot of stuff that I do with students and I started getting inspired, right? And I started, and, he, and, they, and somebody, one of the guests, one of the speakers rather was talking about the writing of books, right? And literally, Cynthia, I wrote 90% of the book in three days at this workshop. I literally was just writing. And, and 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 what I was writing, I was writing basically the the language of the conversations that I would have with students in these workshops that I was doing with them, either um either in, in private spaces or even stuff that I did with student leadership classes and different things. So I'm just writing, 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 writing. And now the last 10% of the book was the hardest thing to do to get out. And they always say the last 10% is the hardest. But at that point, you know, th this is the book that I actually wrote. And it's, this is probably the fourth print, fourth print edition of on track, to greatness, on track to Greatness, and it's a guide to authentic success, growth, and achievement. And what I realized when I wrote this, I wrote the book for middle and high school students, but I've used it since then with elementary school students. I've had adults and college students that have gotten a hold of it because the principles are, are, are their basic principles. And when we say on track to greatness, yeah, the challenge is just this. It's about the intentionality of being in a space for a season. We're always on track somewhere. We're on track to college. We're on track to failure. We're on track to um to to marriage. We're on track to our career. We're always on track to something. But but being on track to greatness is really an intentional mindset that says this is what greatness looks like. It, it, it said, I want to set myself apart from whatever group of whatever group I'm thinking of. When you think about a great athlete, they do the things to set themselves apart. A great student, do the things to set themselves apart. An entrepreneur, in your case, you know, doing the work with colleges and things like that. You, you, you've kind of found those niche areas. And you said, what do I need to do to set myself apart? But for young people, the areas that I really want them to focus on is this thing around self-awareness, you know, identity. Who are you? And when, I, when we talk about identity, we're talking about like three areas. We're talking about just, we're talking about your spiritual identity and being clear on that. We're talking about your cultural identity and, and receiving strength from that. And we're talking about your personal identity, knowing who you are, what you do, what you're capable of doing, and where you need to grow, right? So that's the, that's the self-awareness piece. Spiritual and personal, what was the middle one? The, the other one was spiritual, cultural, and cultural. personal. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of times, you know, we, Black history, and I'll use Black history because that's mm -hmm. kind of, yeah. you can say any cultural history, it's been reduced to facts, figures, and famous people. <laughs> and that's not what we need, you know, right, right. that's not what we need. We need, our, our children need to know things about agency and self-efficacy. They need to know things about community development. They need to know things about, you know, educational empowerment. They need to know things about spirituality and purpose. That's the real kind of conversations that we need to have connected to cultural history. So, so in the book, Darren, so mm -hmm. you said there are principles in the book. Right. So is identity one chapter or are each of those three a different principle walk us no, through no. Ident identity is one chapter okay one chapter. So that's okay. one chapter now now remember there's always going to be a through line right and so the through line is really developing self and getting it so so that's the through line but that's kind of where we open up with this conversation about identity right then then we reach to the next piece and we're talking about goal setting 
And so we talk about, you know, what what are goals? And 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 this, and, and and so the the name of the chap chapter is let's get goaling, right? But when, <laughs> but when we talk about goal setting, it's kind of the way the way I've kind of structured is you have got two goals, you have get two goals, and you have greatness goals. Oh, it's like got to get to greatness, right? So that's kind of it. And got to goals. Those are, those are those short term things that you have to do. You have to make your bed. You have to get up in the morning and go to school on time. Those are things you have to do, right? But when you do the got to goals, then you get to do other things. So if you manage that first level of goals, then you then you create space to be able to do some more fun things like, hey, we're gonna do some things on the weekend. Hey, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna have time to kind of to to um to to go on vacation. I'm gonna have I'm gonna be able to buy some new shoes because the got to goals was going to work. I made the money now. Whatever the case is, right? So oh, we God. have. Go okay, ahead. first of all, I need to pause. Okay, those of you who are watching or listening, wherever you are, uh, whatever you're doing, if you're on the treadmill listening to this, pause right now. And like, you need to write this down. This is a golden nugget. I just, I love this. Got to get to great to. No, greatness, greatness. Great. Got to get, you have got to goals. Got you to have goal. get to goals. And then you have greatness goals. Greatness goals. Got right. to goals, get to goals greatness goals oh my god you just like i'm gonna use that so that's so great uh i'm gonna use that on my nieces oh god i need these. to send you i need to send you copies of the book because we're <laughs> we're in we're in our we're in our fourth or fifth printing right now and so i will make sure you have copies of those but the, the wild part about greatness goals and this is where it, it transitions because a lot of times for young people they're not thinking about long-term life but when but us as adults Greatness goals, and you were you and I were just having some before we came on air. It's like, how are you going to be remembered? What's going to be your legacy? How is your how is your time spent on this planet going to be defined? Right. And those are your greatness goals. But they begin with those early goals in terms of I'm. They begin with the got to goals, the things that you have to do, mm -hmm. and then the things you create space to do, and then the things that are going to define you over the course of your time on this planet. So that's the second section of the book. Can you give us an example of like, you know, a memory of like you worked with a student or like something that, you know, is tangible that can that can help our uh, listeners kind of see that in, through a, in a in a picture? What's an example of a got to get to and a greatness goal that like um, that you worked with a, a high school student? OK, can I can I can I just take one of my own? Yes, because I, and I didn't say this, but you know, I am a husband of one of thirty-three years, and I'm a father of five, and a grandfather, uh, a grandfather of four. So yeah, so I, I got, I got a lot of folks in my tribe, and then I have two <laughs> bonus kids: my daughter-in-law, my son-in-law. So you know, it's it's a lot of folks that kind of you know are connected to the Darren Early tree by God's grace. But yeah. an example would be, um, I have a daughter who is a scholarship, is a scholar athlete at Howard University, mm -hmm. and so. Um, got to was the fact that early on she realized that she um she wanted to play college soccer so in order to do that she had to frame in her mind because she knew that academics was before athletics in this household you know your relationship with christ is before athletics in this household right so it. she so she knew that in order for me to create the space to go to soccer practice and create the space to um be able to play on the weekends and she knew that academically she had to handle her business mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so the got to was taking care of school the mm -hmm. got to was are your chores done the got to was you know what um have you read your bible are we are, you know are you are you doing those things that those 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 spiritual issues that need to be addressed in your life those are the got to's but then what did that create that created the space for get to 
it created get to I got to um to to be on a, a travel soccer team where I got exposure. I got to go out of town to 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 different soccer tournaments and different things like that because I'm handling my business and now my parents are gonna make sacrifices for me to kind of be able to do the things that I want to do. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. I love and, this example. Yes. So, so then we move from there and she also, she was like, I want to play college soccer. It's a long story. I'm not going to get into yeah. how she ended up at Howard University. But because of those two pieces, the third piece is now she is a scholar athlete at Howard University. She's a team captain. She's a three-year starter going into her senior year. Okay. She's first team all-conference. It's a lot of accolades that she's gotten. But that's because early on, she did the work to create the space to be able to do the things that she wanted to do. So, And now she's doing what she needs to do to become quote unquote, great in that space, to, to stand out in that space. And so that's the, that's the, that's one example. I can give you other academic examples or social emotional examples, but that's kind of the example that, that I would use, that I would leave with. No, that's, that's a great example for a lot of reasons, mostly because most of my listeners are obviously, you know, have students that are in high school. So that works out perfectly. Now, how can you, can you share how an educator or a mentor or a coach mm -hmm. would use find this book useful you know in the classroom or whatever how how would that work or or i don't know maybe people hire you to come and, and do that i'm sure they do that too but right right how, so, how can so the regular person like you know a teacher buy the book and then use it so so this is the fun part all right if you look you'll see the 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 thickness of this book it's not a thick book oh. it's a it's an easy quick read right it's yeah, very yeah. thick Literally, it has um, 74 pages, 73 pages, okay. and four and a half by seven book. So it's not a big book, right? But it's not a, it's not your traditional book. What it is, is it, and I want to, and I can't even show you, but it's a book where you read a section, but then you have opportunities to think through some things. So when we're talking about got to goals, get to goals, greatness goals, students are writing that down. You know, what are the things where where do I what are the things that I want to define my life? And then they back it's kind of like that reverse engineering. They back themselves into what how what are my get-to goals and then what am I got to goals? Or they can go the other way and say, what do I have to do? What do my yeah. parents and what do I expect out of me? What do my parents expect? What do my parents expect out of me? What do my teachers expect out of me? So we talk to them about goal setting. That's the piece. Mm -hmm. So so let's let me let me talk about the other sections and then I'll go to your original point. Yeah. Um, Identity and self-awareness, goal setting. Next one is academic achievement. We talk about everything from what time you go to sleep to where do you sit in the classroom, okay? Because sometimes students don't think about the fact that where oh, you sit in the classroom can impact what you get out of that classroom, right? We talk about, um, in the academic achievement piece, we talk about, I loved your book, and, 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 and I know you rebranded it, but it was Tips, tips Truths, and Tales, right? Did tips, Tales, right? and Truths, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. But the, the beautiful part about that is the tips were connected to a truth that were connected to a, an anecdote, right? Yes. Yes. What, from an academic achievement standpoint, oftentimes students, they get tips, but they don't get the truths connected to those tips. And mm -hmm. then anecdotally, they don't know what to do with it. So the academic piece, we talk about academics. Then we talk about healthy relationships. Because one of the, one of the quotes that I learned years ago is that you show me your five best friends and I'll show you your future. 
You know, we talk about that all the time, right? If yeah. you want to go to the zoo, you don't need to get in the park with get in the car with somebody going to Disneyland. You need to be in the car with the folks going to the zoo. If you want to go to the beach, you don't get in the car with the folks going to the desert. So you so as you establish these relationships, so we talked about elements of relationships. Oh, Who are the people that you bring in your life? And then what do they add to your life? Now, this is the wild part. We know these stories as adults, but if I'm in the fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade thinking about this. The people that I call friends, and especially in this age of social media, the people that I call friends, I'm going to redefine that. Yeah. I'm going to redefine. I'm going to say, you know what? These are not friends. These are acquaintances. What's the difference between a friend and an acquaintance? How, who, and, and, and realistically in life, at any given time, we've realized as adults, you may have about this many friends at one time. Because <laughs> and, and we say, oh, I got, I got 100 friends. No, not necessarily. Because when you begin to redefine it, and now you have a lot of folks you're connected to, a lot of associates and things like that. But a friend, we kind of look at that a little differently. So healthy relationships is another piece. The other one is civic responsibility. You are your brother's keeper. You are responsible for what's happening. But a lot of times we don't have a, we talk about the United States Bill of Rights. What's your personal Bill of Rights and Bill of Responsibilities? Ooh, As a young person, what do you have the right to do? But also, what should you be responsible for doing? And what can we depend on you to do? Because oftentimes young people don't realize, especially in this day and age, especially after COVID, they don't realize that what they do matters <laughs> and that they are important. And that if so many young people just kind of feel like they're just kind of floating to and fro. No, our message in our book is that what you do matters. You are important. So we want to get you on track to greatness thinking like that. And then the last piece that we added, and I think the third edition, was this converse, conversation around responsible digital media, digital citizenship. Yeah. And, so what does it look like? and one of the things I love, and you're going to love this from a branding standpoint, I had a friend of mine years ago, they said this, he said, the first thing that you need to think about from a, from a standpoint of digital citizenship is buying your own name as a domain name. Mm. Because you, if you if you own your name as a parent, even if you buy your children's names and you own their name, you can determine if you do all the algorithms and things right. You can determine the first thing that comes up that people, when they Google your child, they learn about. You oh can determine God. what their social media presence can begin with before they even have a presence. It doesn't even, it could be a picture of their favorite cartoon character when they're in the third grade. And 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 that's that is when when you Google Cynthia Cologne, that's what you see. Well, but you know what? That's 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 setting the stage for them to understand that you have a digital presence. You have you you're you're on you're in this age of of, of social media. What are you saying about yourself and how do you get your message out there before other people do? So those are the six concepts that Ooh, we do. I love, okay. Oh my God. My brain just exploded. You guys, Darren, Dr. Early uh, just gave you so many great golden nuggets and you definitely need the book. I mean, I feel like I need like five copies of the book just to give them to my nieces that I see all the time. I, you know, the branding, I think about um, something I you know, watched or read, or I listen to podcasts all the time. And the branding thing about the, the pot, when you're putting things on Instagram or, you know, any social media, you have to start with like, what are the values? Like for me, you know, Dr. Cynthia Colon, like, what do I represent? You know, right. Celebration of students and champion of students, but I also love sports. Um, I also champion parents, like that anything you post should only fall into sort of these like five things that you, you know, that you have, that you value. So um, learning that I think early on is, is, is really great. So, okay. So let me get this straight. But you ask another question. I didn't answer that. 
Oh, go there ahead. is a curriculum that goes with this. Oh. And so that curriculum, and they're the facilitator's guide and everything, it allows a teacher or an educator or a group leader or a youth leader or whatever the case is to walk students through these concepts with activities, practical examples, and ways in which it becomes a sticky message and not a, not a sliding message. Because a lot of the messages we give kids are slippery messages. We want to give them sticky messages. And so that's that's how it's connected to that. So how do they buy the curriculum then? I mean, yeah. Please. Well, today we are in the phase of re re rebooting our website, but to buy the curriculum would be as simple as, and I'm just going to say it, but they yeah. can contact you too. They can email me at, you see that sign right there? It says 5M Legacy, mm -hmm. 5M Legacy 65 at gmail.com. Okay. And so that's, that's the email right now within the next two weeks. The website will be up and it will be 5mlegacy.com. Okay. Right there. And then they can go and there. What, is that, what does that stand for? What is that? Five million legacy? Five. I, I, I would that I would love to say five million, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the truth and then I'm gonna give you the business answer. Okay. The truth answer is that I have five children and all of their names begin with M. Oh. That's the truth answer, right? Okay. But the 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 business answer is mindset, motivation mentoring, um, metacognition, and oh my gosh, I, and oh, I always forget my last M, but there are five M's and those are the five M's that work with that. And I will definitely, I'll repeat it before we get off, but, but it's actually five M's that focus on things that are important as it relates to who we are and what we want to become. Oh my gosh. Well, I have to tell you that, uh, this has been eye opening for me and I feel like, feel like there's a way for us to partner um, so with our books and curriculums and stuff, but I want to say out loud because you brought it up, the tips, tales, truths, uh, if you're, if right now, um, you know, I, I, it just, as Darren said, I rebranded the book, uh, about a year ago, be committed, get admitted. But the tip comes from the perspective of the college counselor at the school, right? The school counselor. What's a tip that a school counselor would give you? The tale is the anecdote, the actual story based on an actual real story, a real student. I've changed the names to protect the innocent. And the truth comes from the perspective of the college admissions. So what you need to take away, what is the lesson that you need to take away from this anecdote that is going to be applicable to, um, to college admissions? So, okay. Do you got your five M's? I do. I do. Okay. So, and, and I'm trying to get back. So the five M's actually are mastery, mindset, motivation, mentoring, and metacognition. So those I are love it. Ones, yeah. And so what I may, I may do is just change that logo to, cause I have a logo that has all of my five there too, but wow. no, but, and, and, and initially I hadn't thought about having those other five M's. I just was going to have the random five M legacy and leave it there. But as I thought about the work that I did, all of those things are key to the work that we do. And yeah. really on track to greatness is mastering whatever your craft is on, on track to greatness begins with your mindset on, on track to greatness. You have to be motivated. And then also we need to serve to motivate others through our brilliance. We give others the right to be brilliant, right? The, yeah. the, the mentoring, that's all that's, that's, that's my life's work is that of mentoring. I always tell folks, I said, I want to, I want to be the guy that dies empty. I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to die with a bucket full of stuff. I wish I would have told people. I want to go all out and say, hey, this is it. Learn from my experiences, good, bad, and, and ugly. And then the other piece is the metacognition. And you, 
as an educator know that oftentimes we don't think about our thinking. And so we have stinking thinking, and that's what keeps a lot of kids from applying to Stanford, Yale, preparing themselves to do to, to go to Howard University and all these other schools, and they settle for things because they don't they don't understand that there's some other things going on in terms of how they see themselves, how they see their future. And so if we can get them to think differently about how they think, then that's a whole other way of getting them on track to greatness. Well, we're on the same page in terms of championing students and getting them to think early on about the the possibilities, you know, that that life can hand them if they just you know, do their got to and then get to and then greatness goals. I love that story about your daughter uh, who has uh, obviously met uh, met her greatness. So, okay, well, this has been uh, eye-opening. You want to get the book. Darren, say again the name of the book and how they can get a copy of that book or the and or the curriculum, please. The name of the book is On Track to Greatness and they can contact me at, if you look at the logo right here, here, there you go. Yeah. 5M Legacy 65, the number six and five at gmail.com. You email me, I will respond back to you and we will begin the dialogue. And the other thing is just this, is that um, you did something that really inspired me and encouraged me. I am in the process of also making this an ebook so that I can give it away. Yeah. And, and give it away very easily, right? And so that that's another piece because I think that that's important for, for folks to get the information. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. You, uh, you, that was a good lead in to our closing right now. Uh, we are out of time, but don't worry, listeners. Darren is going to join us again for another session of Better We Wednesday. So look for that. But Darren has been such a treat. Thank you for being with us. Um, I'm going to do a little close out and then we can just wave goodbye. So hang tight. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I told you you run for a treat. My goodness. Time flies when you're having fun. So to everyone, here is the truth. Every parent, educator, mentor has the power to champion students. The problem is sometimes we don't know how to show our love in a way that fuels confidence and inspires action in each child. Once I realized that even smart adults need key information and a list of actionable to-dos early on in the student's high school career in order to help them achieve their college dreams, I wrote the book, Be Committed, Get Admitted. The book is designed to have families follow a seven-step college blueprint that is sure to help reduce family stress and increase college success. Be Committed, Get Admitted is the perfect eighth grade graduation gift, but whenever you pick it up for your child or your niece or your nephew, they are sure to gain valuable information that sets them up for success. It's a quick and easy read meant for any and every high school student who is even thinking about the possibility of college. So don't wait. Get your copy today. And as Dr. Early mentioned, for a limited time, you can get your free e-digital copy as a gift from me. Just go to my website, drcynthiacolon.com, and boom, it's right there at the top there. Again, that's drcynthiacolon, D-R-C-Y-N-T-H-I-A-C-O-L-O-N. Thank you, Darren, if you want to wave goodbye. And until next time. Daryl, this is just a big message to you. I'm going to record the whole intro so you can use this intro uh, for the first episode and also uh, the, the next one.
but I'm just doing the intro, not the outro. Okay, here we go. You're listening to Destination University, a podcast for college-bound teens and the parents, mentors, and educators who support them. If that is you, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Cynthia Colon, TEDx speaker, college admission strategist, and author of the book, Be Committed, Get Admitted. Welcome to Destination University. We help college-bound teens create an action plan, become interesting applicants, and write compelling essays that increase acceptance letters. We do all this through online or live group classes and private counseling. Consider me your happy success expert. Being here today already tells me you are looking to get ahead, find practical advice, and take action steps. You are growing the community of happy and well-informed families across the nation. Thank you for joining the movement. Okay, everyone, we are in season nine. Can you believe? Yes, we've been going since 2018. This is season nine. This is our weekly Wednesday session, but this season I'm calling this Better We Wednesdays. It's a series where I'm interviewing former parents, educators, college admission folks that can offer key tips and strategies on how to become a better parent, teacher, counselor, mentor, or student. And they're sharing their own story. Whether you, your college-bound teen is in middle school or in high school, you will find valuable information uh, or what I call golden nuggets to apply immediately. So grab your beverage of choice and grab a pen and paper because you are in for a treat today. Oh my goodness. Well, welcome back, Darren. Uh, so this is Dr. Darren Early. He's the author of On Track to Greatness but also has a pro program called Real Men Do Real Things, which I'm super excited to um, have him share a little bit about. Um, he specializes really in working with um, black, young black children. So Darren, why don't you just share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I am, uh, you say specialize in working with young black children. I am a father of five. My wife <laughs> and I have, you know, our children now range from 30 to 18, but there was a time when they ranged from, 12 to zero. And so it was, we, 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 we've done our fair share of in-home working with black children. That's but I, I think that the corner that God has given me to stand on is to um, support, encourage, engage, equip, you know, African-American youth to, to significantly contribute to the space that they find themselves in. And, that, and what I mean by that is just this too often um, black youth are overlooked because of a myriad of things, but I'm convinced that when you overlook something, you miss out on the value that they can bring to the space. Mm. So I, so the encouragement is to get folks to look at them. And as we look at them, then young people realize they are being seen, that they are valued and we can kind of build from there. So that's kind of the work that we do when we talk about 5M Legacy. One of the M's is for mentoring. And that mentoring is huge in terms of, you know, and it looks a lot different in a lot of different spaces, but that's part of the work that I do with young and not just African-American students. That's the corner that I stand on. But if I'm in a class and I have a, a, a child from Salvador and I have a child from um, from Korea and I have, you know, a Korean-American kid and, um, and a Salvadoran-American kid and African-American kid, they are all going to get all of it <laughs> them to do what they need to do. Oh, I love it. Well, this is great for me to to hear, but if 
you know, those of you who are listening and our teachers, our mentors um, working with African-American students, this is great. Now, Darren, when we met, for full disclosure here, uh, we met when I was the principal at St. Bernard High School, predominantly, the time, predominantly African-American um, students there at the school. And, you know, I, I heard you right now say, you know, they get, you know, students get overlooked. So share a little bit more about what you mean by that and and, and what's that reality? What, why? Why is that true, unfortunately? Well, why it's true, I don't know. I mean, because some people would say it's true because that's a legacy, that, that's part of the legacy of slavery. Okay, you can say that. Or you can say it's true because we live in a society where people just, they 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 go, they, they really ascribe to what they may see on TV, what they may hear in the radio. It, it could be a myriad of reasons of why it's true. But the fact that it is true that these young people are being overlooked and their brilliance is being overlooked that's a challenge and that's a problem. And so when you, and again, like I said, when you ignore the the skill set and the talent and the brilliance that exists in a certain space, not only does that individual miss out, all of society misses out. So when we don't nurture and really help develop in these African-American young young people, and, and I'm not saying all, I'm talking about the group that that the the, the group that is that is marginalized in in a larger way. When we don't do the work to really support these young people, all of society is missing out. And so my 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 heart has always been in that space. Um, I grew up in Los in South Los Angeles, but I went to school in Westchester. I was one of I was one of few in a class. You know, I would find oh. myself, you know, in 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 a gifted class, but it's like one, two, three black kids and all the rest white kids, right? And so when people talked about things like stereotype threat, when people talked things about talk about things like imposter syndrome and things like that. That I didn't have the I didn't have the 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 um the terminology, but I definitely understand the feeling because I had that feeling and I also had that pressure. Like if I don't get it right, they're gonna think that everybody that looks like me is is not capable of being successful. That's not oh, okay right. for a kid to have to deal with that and have to carry that burden, right? Fortunately, I had parents who loved me and their expectations were high, and so they continued to push. But um, that's kind of the work that I'm trying to like helping kids to see themselves as um to see themselves when they look in the mirror to see lions and not kittens to see those who can grow and develop and change and 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 make a difference as opposed to somebody who is hopeless and insignificant and and not valued in society now i'm just thinking this question right now and 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 perhaps i'm throwing this a little bit off on a tangent but i think it's relevant because when i um you know worked at St. Bernard, but I also, before that, I, I remember ha having a, a friend at Marymount. She was a, she worked at Marymount and her son was at a private Catholic school. And she had to, I mean, she's savvy, her, both she and her husband went to college and, and whatnot. And her, her son was at a, a private boys school and she found herself having to advocate for him to get into honors classes. Mm -hmm. So can you, if a parent finds themselves in a situation like that, you give a good tip on how should a parent navigate that for their child? Um, okay, so an organization that I work with right now is the Council of African-American Parents. And I say I work with it, but it's a nonprofit. It's it's not that I work with it. I'm the vice president of the organization. And it's a 32-year, 33-year-old organization. And what we do is that we basically work with parents and young people to get them into college. OK, and not only to get them into college, 
to get them through college. And not only to get them through college, is once they matriculate to help them kind of figure out what they want to do and what they want to become, right? So the one thing I would say is just this, to that parent who, who may find themselves in that situation, there are community organizations that will support you in advocating for your children. And when I say support you, not advocate on your behalf only, they will equip you to advocate for yourself. I think that's really important. The second thing is just this, is that as a parent, you need to know your value and your worth. And when you know that and knowing the value of your worth, it's it's it 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 looks like this. It looks like teachers don't get paid unless taxes get paid. And taxes get paid by parents. And so realistically, in a school, parents are the X factor. They hold the children accountable and they hold the school folks accountable, right? But if you don't know you have that kind of power, you don't use it. And when you don't use it, then you're just kind of like, I don't know what to do. They're not, it's not okay for a for a um for a counselor to say, hey, you know what? I don't think this child should be in AP courses. That's not their call. Now they can say what they want to say, but as a parent, you you can also say what needs to be said and you can understand that there are policies. And so I would say, even if you don't know all the policies, you still continue to ask the questions and press them to do the best for your children. Yes. Because realistically, you and I know, Cynthia, this this concept of soft bigotry of low expectations and people just kind of ah uh, well you that that that's unfortunately often the, too often the order of the day in traditionally public schools or even in Catholic and private schools when it comes to black children so that's the second thing the third thing I would say is just this is from day one you teach your child to advocate for themselves and then the example I love to use. I don't know how many of the listeners have seen Lion King, but there's a scene in Lion King where Simba is confronted with the hyenas and he's confronted with the hyenas and they're like laughing and looking like they're going to attack. And little tiny Simba, he like, and it sounds like a little kitten, like roaring, right? Yeah. And so the hyenas are laughing and this, that, and that, not paying attention to Simba. Right after that, Mufasa gives this huge roar and they scatter and they run. As a parent, Part of your responsibility is to equip your child to advocate for themselves. But the other side is just this, to let your child and everybody else know that you can address the issue that's coming to you from this child advocating for themselves. But if you don't, you are going to have proverbial hell to pay with me because I am going to make sure my child gets what they need. And that's a critical piece that we need to make sure that schools and every other public institution knows that parents are willing to fight for the rights of their children. Okay, amen. I, wanna, I feel like, woo, I want to stand up in church. Um, that is, what a great image to like that scene. I, 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 I've seen The Lion King a few times and also on stage. And I, I know what you're talking about. And first of all, that the fact that Simba, you know, has the confidence that even though he's you know, sort of small, that he's still doing it and getting that practice, right? I think of my my little Elvis, who is a little dog and thinks he's a big dog, right? <laughs> exactly, so, exactly. So that, that practice of advocating for yourself, uh, you know, no matter how young you are, is a good practice. And even if mom or dad has to step step in, you know, again, that's okay because you're still still getting that practice. Mm -hmm. You know, you said something about sort of the low expectations, and um, I find that that to be the most infuriating thing uh, because we shouldn't as educators have low expectations of any student, right? Right. Like let's start there. And I remember um, one of the teachers uh, I know, you know, just say you know, high, high, 
high challenge with high levels of support, you know, any kid can, can, can manage and can, and can get through. Right. So yes, the AP class is hard or yes, you know, what, you know, physics is hard or whatever, but a high challenge and high support, you know, people are going to rise to the occasion. You know, I do work with Linwood uh, Unified and they allow students, you know, you don't have to be accepted into AP or, you know, you don't, you have, you really, I mean, they have a really loose and open policy in letting students take APs and they have not seen, you know, decline. I think they've even gotten awards from, from college board on, on that very same policy. So students, people in general, in general, always, you know, exception to the rule will rise to the occasion. Yeah. So. yeah. Especially with support. And like you just said, you give, you give the proper, the, the proper scaffolding. And now, now this is the deal. I mean, everybody is not going to, everybody's not going to be a, a 4.5, um, 1480, 1580 SAT kid. Right. But you know what? All of these young people have potential that we don't know what it is. And so we can't limit it. We, right. we, we, we're, we're, we're not in the position to say you're not capable of. So what we need to do, we need to act like everyone is capable of. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. really important. That's, That's really, really important. Well, give us some, you know, two, three good takeaways for our educators. Uh, well, especially our educators, but really our educators, mentors, coaches, anyone who's working with young, um, young black men and women. Uh, what are some things that they can do to, uh, to inspire or to to be better mentors in the classroom or uh, elsewhere? So, so I'll start with I'll start with one that that is rooted probably in my experience at Howard University is it's rooting in, in the understanding of, of cultural history. And, and I think that cultural history, what it does, and there's a framework that I've been working on for a while, and cultural history, when you have an understanding of culture, a knowledge, what that knowledge does, it allows you to, to understand some information and develop your identity and be very confident in terms of folks that have gone before you, what you're capable of, and different things like that. Once you have that identity development, and you feel good about who you are spiritually and culturally and, 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 and personally, then it slides you into this place of agency. And you feel like, you know what? I can. In any setting, I can. I am capable of. I have the potential to, right? So then once you have that agency, that agency develops a different level of confidence. And we know that confidence is 90% of every game. Confidence is 90% of every test, every class, every everything. When you walk in saying, I can kind of do that, typically you have a better chance of succeeding than the one that walked in and said, I can't, right? thousand percent. So thousand. then that confidence slides into that space of school success. And school success, the confidence and the counter narrative, the fact that when somebody tells you, well, you know, people like you can't. No, no, no. You give folks, because of that cultural history, they have counter narratives. They say, yes, I can. And what they also do, they begin to see, academic success as culturally compatible. So let me give you an example. Our society yeah. says that black folks, you know, they, and, and this, it's, it's rooted in the entertainment mindset of, of how slaves were treated. I'll say that always is that black folks, they sing, they dance, they're athletic. And so consequently, those three things have become deemed as culturally compatible hmm. with being black. But we don't talk about doctors, inventors, lawyers, statesmen, all these other things that history has shown us that are just as, if not more, culturally compatible for Black kids. 
But when you give them examples of these, then they begin to say, these are my heroes. These are other things that I can do. These are other things I can become, not just what you're telling me and what you want me to see. I can ah. do other things that maybe I haven't thought about. And so that's one thing. Make sure the kids have a strong understanding of their cultural self. Mm. And that will produce agency and it also will result in success. All right, that's one thing. Wow. The second piece I would say in terms of what they can do is exposure is everything. I was talking to a group of parents today. Um, oftentimes folks don't know what they don't know what they don't know. And I think that often, you know, and it goes back to that that cultural compatibility. A lot of times kids don't know what they don't know. So 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 challenge them to get into different spaces, try new things, learn how to play chess. Um take um take take a take a course in something that you're not familiar with. Go to a new place. Uh we always we were talking about this today, and it came up in a, in in a, in a workshop we were doing today. Is purchase things that may not be consistent with what you would think about. For instance, if you're going to buy your child a hundred and fifty dollar pair of shoes, why don't you consider buying them a hundred and forty five dollar passport? Because a passport is going to make them think differently about the world that they live in and their access to that world. Those shoes are going to wear out. Now, if you want to do both, you can, fine. But I'm saying, let's prioritize those things that are important because they need to see themselves as citizens of the world, not just of their community, right? Oh my God. so love that example. <laughs> how much time, how much, how many pairs of shoes do you need, right? I'm thinking about one of my nieces. She has a ton of pair of uh, shoes. You know, uh, and, and, and what happens is that we 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 make these decisions, but we don't think about the consequences or or the the effect long term effect of these decisions. Mm -hmm. And then the, the 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 final thing I would say, I guess the tip would be this: is that I have a program called Real Men Do Real Things. All right, and and in Real Men Do Real Things, what we do is it's an intensive program where we spend eight to ten weeks with um with with specifically young men, African American young men and other young men, and part of the conversation is us looking at how do they approach learning? How do they see themselves as role models and examples, even in as they're in high school? What are what are some of the characteristics of a real man? Everything from and, and this may sound chauvinistic, it may sound um whatever, I, sexist, whatever the case is, but a man should know how to tie a tie. A man <laughs> should know how to change a tire. A man should know how to cook a meal. Various various things like that, because if you're gonna function in society effectively, you need to have a certain skill set. Another piece that we talk about, we talk about real men are connected with other men. You know, we, we say that no man is an island. Well, some men try to be, and that's when that's when danger happens, when you're not connected to other folks. We talk about decision-making. We talk about um, the relationship that they have, respecting and, re and protecting women. We talk about dreaming and, and, and thinking in terms of what you want to become and where you want to be. And then the last piece that we talk about, you need to have a voice and an idea and the courage to share your ideas via your voice. So this whole program is, is, is allowing these young men to say, you know what, I'm 14, I'm 15, I'm 10, I'm 19, but you know what, I have something to contribute and I'm going to challenge and I'm going to be, I'm going to challenge myself, others are going to challenge me and I'm going to be nurtured to do this. So the three things are cultural identity, understand your cultural knowledge and, and cultural identity. Second thing is exposure. You know, they need to see some stuff. And then the third thing is that they need to be directly mentored in some specific skill areas. So when you when we look at young people, specifically black young people, specifically African-American kids who may not have the same kind of resources as other as other groups. And, and, and this is the other thing, too. Let's not 
the, the danger is thinking that all African-American students are the same. Because mm. when you look at them and, and you have this poverty mindset and you have this this um, this um mindset like, oh, well, this child doesn't have, you don't know what this child has until you get to know this child. You don't know, you don't know the fact that their parents are lawyers or doctors. You don't know the fact of the kind of exposure. So you need to ask a lot of questions to get to know these children. But the third piece is just this direct mentorship in the areas that they need to grow in because teaching and education and parenting that the nexus between all of three of those is the fact that you are a mentor you are a sensei you are you are you, you are somebody that are that is helping them as the title of my other book says is to get you're helping them to get on track to greatness and it's really critical that these things i know i've talked about a lot of different pieces cynthia but hopefully they're, they 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 synthesize some nuggets. well here's the truth too is that you know students spend more time at school than they do at home in terms of waking hours right where i, I try mm -hmm. to go once a week to um my god my it's, i say my nieces but my goddaughter and, and the sister so my two nieces mm -hmm. and so i can just have dinner with them and they come home and and i just sort of partake with the with the family but the time they get by the time they get home from school to you know getting ready for bed and showering going to bed whatever you know, they've spent the whole day there. So yeah. teachers, uh, coaches, mentors, you know, the people who, or folks who are at school, they are spending, they have a huge amount of time and influence um, over the child's, you know, life. And the soundtracks we play in our head, right, will either hurt us or help us. So what are you feeding your students? Mm -hmm. What's coming out of your mouth is feeding them something. Right. I just said soundtracks. Nobody knows what soundtracks are. No, but wait, wait, wait. So hopefully some of the people listening to the podcast will. But you you make a good point there. And that's actually really funny. But you make a good point there. And and one of the things I think, and, and we talked about this, one of my favorite books is by Lisa Delpit, and it's other people's children. Mm. And I too often we don't realize that we are we've been charged with taking care of somebody else's most prized possession. And we need to take that. In 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 in, oh. we need to hold that in the highest regard, because I told you I have five kids. When I send my five kids to school, the one thing I expected out of educators is, at the very least, don't send them back any more work any worse <laughs> than I sent them to you. <laughs> now, if you if, if you if you don't make them any better, okay. If you if you if, you, if we if we if we balance if it's a zero sum game, I can live with that because I know I got work to do. But if you send them back a little less confident. If you send them back a little less positive, if you send them back a little less willing to try, I have a problem with that. Yes. On the, so on, good. On the other side, I mean, teachers do amazing things. I've been yeah. a teacher my whole life. I met amazing teachers. And oftentimes what those teachers will do, they will send them those children back home with more confidence, with more ideas, with more willingness to try, with more courage, with more competence. And that's all we're asking. Oh, my God. What a great note to end on. That is absolutely mind-blowing. Oh, yes. As educators, the goal should be to send them back better than they came, right? Nice. And that's like the that's the motto I live by. Like, you know, um, leave leave this place better than you found it. Well, leave this child better than than you found her, him, yeah. right? Oh yeah. my God, Darren, so good. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my you. God. We might have to have you back again. Jesus.
All right, just great hang job tight. creating the space. You oh, are doing so a great good. job creating the space. All right, so before I do my little outro here, just say again very clearly, you know, your name, how people can find you, your books, websites, whatever. Go ahead, go for it. All right, cool. You got Darren Early. That is me, Dr. Darren Early. I am the president, CEO, and founder of 5M Legacy. My website is five. Well, actually, the website will be up shortly. It's 5MLegacy.com. However, you can email me directly at 5MLegacy65, the numbers, at gmail.com. So 5MLegacy.com, that's the website. And the email is 5MLegacy65 at gmail.com. I love it. Oh, my goodness. You guys, better we Wednesday. If you didn't leave better today, after today's, I don't know what to tell you. That was good. So here is the truth. Every parent, every, every parent, educator, mentor has the power to champion students and make them better than they found them. Oh, I love this. Oh my goodness. But sometimes the problem is we just don't know what to do. And so Darren has given us some good tips and also, once I realized that even smart adults need key information and a list of actionable to-dos early on in a student's high school career in order to help them achieve their college dreams, I wrote the book, Be Committed, Get Admitted. The book is designed to have families follow a seven-step college blueprint that is sure to help reduce family stress and increase college success. Be Committed, Get Admitted is the perfect eighth grade graduation gift but whenever you pick it up for your child or niece or nephew, they are sure to gain valuable information that sets them up for success. It's a quick, easy read meant, to, meant for any and every high school student who's even thinking about the possibility of college, no matter your zip code. So don't wait, get your copy today. And for a limited time, I'm giving away free digital copies as a gift from me. So you can just go to my web website, drcynthiacolon.com. That's D-R-C-Y-N-T-H-I-A-C-O-L-O-N.com. Boom. Thank you, Darren. Oh my goodness. This has been such a treat. I appreciate you. So glad to reconnect and have a good uh, reason to, to, to interview you and share your great knowledge. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cynthia. Appreciate you. All right. Bye for now. Oh my goodness. Wow. That is all I have for you today, my friends. Thank you for tuning in to Destination University. I'm Dr. Cynthia Colon, your happy success expert. If this episode has in any way helped, fueled, or inspired you, please share this episode with three people in the next 30 minutes. Thanks for listening this week. You can subscribe to Destination University wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, leave us a review. It sure does help a lot. By subscribing and reviewing, you're helping to grow the community of informed families across the nation. Thank you for joining the movement. And if you haven't already binge listened to our previous seasons, do it. If you know an eighth grader or a high school student, dive right in and take every piece of advice so that that student can become the most engaging, interesting, and compelling college applicant. I suggest you start with episode one, where I interview my mother. I promise you'll love her. Everyone does. Okay, once again, if you found value today, please share this episode with three families in the next 30 minutes. 
I'll be sure to see you next week, same time, same place. Until then, wherever you are, may you have a happy and sunny day. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening this week to Destination University. Be sure to join Dr. Cynthia Colon again and get one step closer to your success. 